Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and uh, we're pleased to be joined now by uh, Jim Wexel. Uh, of course, covers the Steelers um, for a number of what's the What's the name of the uh, – it's, it's – uh, <laughs> 247 Sports. There you go. Steel I, City I, I, Insider. How quickly you forget. Both of you guys used to work there. <laughs> Good stuff. But you're also the author of – of uh, on the clock, yeah. the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL draft um, book's been out for what about six months now, Jim? November, yeah, is that six months? Yeah, right around uh-huh. there, yeah, yeah. right around but this there. This is the time, though. This is draft time. Absolutely, and if, if you uh, you know want to read some of the stories about uh, some of the great uh, Steeler draft picks uh, over the last well three four decades. Uh, I, I urge you to go check out that book and, and all the great stories that are in there. Um, stuff on Bill Nunn, stuff on, you know, how they how they came to the, you know, just the, the idea of how they drafted, figured out who they were going to draft, how they drafted certain guys, uh, certain Hall of Fame guys, uh, uh, the, the stories behind that. Uh, it's a great read. It's an easy read. I, I think I poured through it in about two days, Jim. Um, <laughs> just sat down. People get it in before the draft, too. Some Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. Jim, the, the interesting thing about this year's draft for the Steelers, they haven't had three picks in the top 50 since the late 80s. Well, I, I'm not exactly sure what year that would have been, but I've been have had late 80s on my mind with this draft. I, I've been thinking of 1987. Yeah, I, and, you know. I, I don't think uh, they had three in the top 50, but it only seemed that way with the haul they got. And I, I, I bring that up because, you know, Dick Haley passed recently, and that was his first draft in charge. I, I don't know how deep you want to go into this, but, uh, you know, he had he had the title of director of player personnel since, uh, since he, he joined, like, in 71. But that was just a title. Art Rooney Jr. was in charge. And uh, they gave him that title because Blesto scouts couldn't make lateral moves. They had an agreement with Blesto. So they gave Dick Haley that, that title. But actually, he wasn't the director of personnel until 87, which was one of the most underrated and best drafts in Steelers history. And the reason I think of that, not only because Dick just passed recently, but... Um, Rebuilding the secondary. <laughs> I would, yes, I would not have a problem with drafting three second defensive backs in the first four rounds <laughs> especially if I one of them is rod woodson <laughs> i think some people my age remember that hey that was woodson hall everett but looking at that draft i didn't realize that that was also nickerson lloyd and our buddy merrill hodge i mean that's a heck of a draft yeah, and yeah there i mean are if- other guys there are other guys that just played a year or two that were i mean sure. tim johnson was an effective d lineman and and Charles Lockett, he played mm-hmm. for wide receiver, I don't know, five years. Uh, so there were some lesser lights. Yeah, and, I, you know, they went into that draft. They wanted Shane Conley. They stopped scouting right. Woodson because he ran in the four twos and uh, low four threes at the combine. And so Chuck Knoll told Tony Dungy, don't even go to his pro day. We got no chance. They had him ranked number four on the board. And uh, they wanted Shane Conlon because they wanted a linebacker. And, uh, you know, Shane Conlon went eight and then Jerome Brown nine. And holy crap, 
Mike Junkin was was in Cleveland. <laughs> he was the fourth pick, and Kelly Stoffer was in Arizona as the uh, no. He was in St. Louis. He's the one that had the franchise moved. <laughs> yeah, that was the yeah. last year they were in St. Louis. Well, it just goes to show you, Jim. The, the Browns and the Cardinals have been screwing up the draft for years. I mean, this is <laughs> always good to pick any well, of them. I mean, you know, I think they're back in the draft again. So, you know, maybe a Woodson type can fall to 17. Um, but the other thing, they, they uh, you know, they get into the second round and they want another six foot, 205 pound corner. So they drafted Belton Belton. Third round, they took Lockett. Fourth round, they wanted Donnie Graham. They wanted another Penn State linebacker. Because they had Robin Cole was a Band-Aid inside uh, next to Little. Robin Cole was an outside linebacker. He was getting old. They moved him inside in their 3-4, and they wanted to replace him. And Shane Conlon got picked. They had to settle for Rod Woodson. And then Donnie Graham gets picked in the fourth round, and so they they took Thomas Everett, um, a safety, who was the first Jim Thorpe Award winner. Then the in the fifth round, they still need a linebacker, so they get Hardy Nickerson. He only plays for 16 years. Yeah, to 225 games, you know. Not all of them with the Steelers, and, but. <laughs> right. He had 214 tackles one year. <laughs> so, so, Jim, I'm curious. I, 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 you know, you did all this research for the book. Did did it? Did you really get an appreciation for the randomness of the draft? You know, like – even now, we got mock draft after mock draft, and it only takes one domino to you know to fall sideways instead of knocking the ones out in front of it. <laughs> you end up with Rod Woodson or Ben Roethlisberger, or you know, I mean, there's so much randomness. No matter how much work and studying you do, well, yeah, so in the order and with, when the Browns are involved and picking Kellen right. Winslow in front of you, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but. What's also struck me about the randomness is is more in your area, Matt, uh, scouting. You know, mm-hmm. there is no there is no common template. You know, you could say, well, they go for uh, athleticism. They combine numbers uh, mean a lot. Well, not really. Well, they go by uh, instinct and uh, college production. That means a lot. Well, not all the time. So there really is <laughs> yeah. no template. Uh, uh, I was thinking of um, um, like like James Harrison, guys like that. This sure. I was I was uh, talking about this on uh, Steel City Insider podcast yesterday with uh, Ivan Pace. I don't know what you guys think of Ivan Pace, the in, the five ten inside linebacker from Cincinnati. Yeah, I think I think he's pretty good. Yeah, he is. But he's five he's five ten, right? Yeah, yeah, he's right. He's like and... a magician as a, as a tackler. You know, and then you look at Trenton Simpson, who runs a—I think he runs a four-four. I think I think Omar and the front office—they saw uh, Tom Madonna having dinner with another four-four running hit linebacker with no instincts, and they said, "Let's get two or three in free agency. We got to stop this guy before he gives us another <laughs> Devin Bush." <laughs> so you know, you know, so we're talking about you know Trenton Simpson has all the measurements. I don't know if he has the instincts. I, I talked to him at the combine. Dale, I think you were there with me too. And he said, uh, my favorite thing is being uh, the uh, shadow of a quarterback, but the spy on a quarterback. And I thought, right. that, that's an odd thing. Jack Campbell wouldn't be saying that. You know, he, <laughs> I, I like reading my keys and sniffing out the run and killing somebody in the hole. Trenton <laughs> Simpson wants to be a spy and run sideline to sideline. And I thought, oh, another run and hit guy. Here we come. And, and But Ivan Pace, 
he's that classic instinctive inside backer that's going to get drafted in the fifth, sixth round. That's the kind of guy. That, and hey, he might not pan out either. But that that that's Less my point. Investment. Like, what? Less of an investment, though. If your fifth or sixth rounder doesn't oh, pan oh. out, it's just a good special team, or you can live with that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to get, go back I'm to that. To go back to that 87 draft, you get Greg Lloyd in the sixth round. Okay. You know, undersized edge guy. Yeah. You know, okay, we, we can deal with that now. And he turns into something, and then he turns into something. James Harrison, undrafted, if he turns into something, it's gravy. But if you right. if you draft one of those guys in the first round and you miss on him, everybody's complaining about Devin Bush. That's the – Well, or Jarvis Jones. You know, he ran a 4.92. Oh no, the production in the SEC matters. Well, it didn't. Right. So I think that go- goes to my point where the randomness, it's, I got appreciation for that. There is all, you know, I studied, I go back to 1936, whenever it started with Shakespeare. I mean, I studied it all and I still have no answers. <laughs> That's the beauty of this draft. Jim, Matt and I just went over our. We, we do a, a little thing every year on the show where we went, wherever the Steelers are, are picking at, whatever number in the first round, we pick that number of guys who we would take at that pick. And so we did 17 guys this year. Obviously, we didn't put the quarterbacks on the list. We didn't put, uh, you know, Bijan Robinson on the list because they're not taking that guy. Left the tight ends off our list because we don't think they're taking a tight end in the first round. Um, and it really came down to, there were about eight guys there who we thought might be available at 17. I'm just wondering what, what you, what you're leaning towards here at this point. I think it has to be a corner. Uh, Cause you know, a, a defensive line, there there's other positions. They need a third tackle. They need a third outside linebacker. And Mike Tomlin actually went to Ames, Iowa. If that don't if that doesn't raise your antenna, nothing will with these trips. I mean, well, I'll, I'll say this: might... when he was talking at the at the owners' meetings two weeks ago, and, and this isn't the first time that he's mentioned this, but both times that he talked at the owners' meeting at the owners' meetings, he mentioned, "I know you guys are tracking where I go, and I like to throw up some smoke screens." I think he's been very cognizant of that this year. After last year, they everybody in the country knew the Steelers were taking a quarterback. Everybody. Sure. I think they, I think this year they're zigging now when everybody else thinks that they're, you know, they're zagging. And I think some of the stuff that they're doing this year is more smokescreenish than anything. See, I think what he said at the at the owners' meeting was a smokescreen for his smokescreen. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's that trying last year to the quarterbacks too. Yeah, but Everybody knew they were going to draft the quarterback, and they didn't right, get right, the right. second one. They got the best one. Everybody knew they were going to take Najee Harris, and they got Najee Harris. Marquise Pouncey, you know, go on down the list. Jarvis Jones, everybody knew they were going to get him, and everybody, all the rest of the team said, go ahead. <laughs> Devin Bush, I know they traded up, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think he might be throwing up a smoke screen to explain why he went to Ames to throw people off and make – People think that was a smokescreen. Yeah, I don't know if you go to Ames, Iowa for a smokescreen. Well, I think that, you know, he had been in Iowa the day before. And so, you know, look, I'm we're, we're already in Iowa. Let's just go there tonight. We're going to meet with whoever. I don't even know who they had dinner with, in, in, you know, at Iowa State. Um, but you just do it just well, because. Well, Will Mc, 
McDonald's the obvious guy. And the obvious guy, but they've got some line. other guys too. I mean, they, you know, they do. Right. <clears throat> but I don't know that you go to <clears throat> Iowa when Jack Campbell is the only guy who's second, even third round. I don't know. I mean, Will McDonald, I think, is the only first rounder. Well, Iowa's got a pass rusher too. Uh, they're backup. I yeah, they got they get Van Ness. Of... They've got the tight end that's out there. They've got a couple of defensive backs that, uh, that you know that I like as well. I mean, that, that, that Iowa defense was ridiculous last year. I know, but I looked at Van Ness. Somebody said, "What do you think of him?" And I watched tape, and I said, I, "I'm sorry, but I can't stop thinking about Jeremy Scott." Yeah, I don't know how he fits, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I don't love Van Ness. Fit. So, but uh, so all all things being equal, do you think corner is their biggest need, though? Well, I think they want to get somebody under Peterson's wing. Yeah, me too. I think it's a perfect chance. And also, then you can move Peterson inside, play a little nickel, play a little safety, move him around like that. Is it's only a matter of time before Casey and Neil get hurt? So, uh, I I think you know putting putting a rookie first rounder as your outside guy on on sub packages is just perfect for him to break in and also to learn from Peterson and even Minka. So that it's such a deep crop. I know, you know, I hate to say take Mozzie Smith at 17. He just isn't impressing me, but the rest of the defensive tackle crop is so unimpressive too. And they do need a nose tackle. So I'd hate to take that at 17, but man, you might end up doing that because there's so many corners. You could take a corner at 32. So yeah, it's intriguing. There's a lot of pieces. Of the I mean, I'd, I'd be around. perfectly happy taking Julius Brents at, at 32 or even 49. Uh, and Matt and I are both fans of Brian Brisset. Um I, I think he's the clear number two defensive tackle in this draft. And I, I don't know who I honestly, number three, I don't think is close for what would fit the Steelers. Yeah, I couldn't consider Mazzy Smith at 17. Uh, maybe. I know, but yeah. you're going to need a nose tackle, and I don't know that Perse is. I do like Perse's suddenness. There's some suddenness there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you want to get back into the mental health issues uh, after just dealing with one, uh, and I don't know how that young man's doing with the death of his sister. I don't know if you want to go there again. Every, I mean, there's a lot of compassion and understanding, but do you want to go there again with that? I just look at he that. He does have a lot of stuff. There's, there's no doubt. I, there's no doubt there's some sort of stuff there. But I, I just think, you know, he fits their profile of what they, you know, what they, you know, 6'5", 300-pounder that can run, um, you know, was a highly recruited he, he, yeah. guy. I, I see. Yes, he's a, I, but know, they, they do need a, a nose tackle. I mean, he did play some. I don't know if they want a true nose tackle, though, anymore, Jim. No, but I think. Mozzie, unless it's Mazzy, but it, I think it's Mozzie. Mozzie can can play uh, three tech, I believe, in uh, in, in sub packages. And so he gives you a little nose and that. Whereas Brisset is more uh, pretty much uh, five tech or three four tech. So yeah, yeah, I know. And Mozzie has that uh, Feldman freakless stuff. He's so right. athletic and. You want to put him under Cam Hayward's wing? There, there could be a real disruptive man. I just, I just look at him. Where was the production? I think he had five tackles for a loss in his entire in his entire career. Four years, he had five tackles for a loss. Well, well I think 
five of the Big Ten centers have been in for a visit, haven't they? <laughs> well, that's I mean, I get that. Let's talk <laughs> let's talk about that for a second, Jim. I think go. that yeah. is the the interior offensive line guys that they've been bringing in screams screams smoke screen to me. They've signed well, four they've <laughs> signed four interior offensive linemen in the last two seasons <laughs> in free agency. <laughs> I don't see any way possible that they're taking an, a, a, an interior offensive lineman in this draft. I agree. I agree. But I don't know that it's a smokescreen as, as much as these guys are really good. And, you know, this is a, this is a, a, a organization that has a legacy at that position at center. Ah, I know they're just so good. I agree with you, Dale. I don't see them drafting. I, mean, I, I keep trying to tell people on Twitter and, and our message boards. I, I can't see it as much as I love John Michael Schmidt and, and the guy from Wisconsin. I even, I, I really liked uh, the Ohio state the guy after he pushed uh, the Wisconsin guy, they after he pushed Benton all over the field, I, you yeah. know, you turn tape on for these defensive tackles and you see another big 10 center kicking his ass, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, put him on the list too. These centers are fantastic. I, I get right. it. I get it, but You're I just, you know, the, the the hot rumor out there now is they're going to trade James Daniels and draft one of these guys. I'm like, why would they trade? You only you, you save five million dollars by getting by trading James Daniels. Why would you Why would you spend the money last year and then go back and ah, we don't want to we don't want to deal with that guy anymore? I mean, it's just I, I don't I don't understand Absolutely. that. Well, I thought it was a great strategy this year, and the draft allows them to fulfill this strategy of get the cheap. Uh, positions in free agency, the interior linemen, right, and get your get your expensive free agents, the ones you just can't afford ever. You can't get a good free agent cornerback or offensive tackle. You draft those positions, so that's what I'm looking at: corner and offensive tackle. It, it's a economic plan as much as it fits the on the field plan, the talent plan. So yeah, why draft an interior lineman even though? Even though you know any of these guys could be the next great Steelers center, even that Avila guard, I I just got a Rodney Hudson vibe from him. He just looks like a great guard center to me. So unfortunately, and same with tight end, such a rich crop, but no. Well, you know, Matt and I, maybe not so much on the interior line, Jim, but Matt and I have talked a lot about this. Like, so at the tight end position, because it's so deep this year. And there, a lot of teams only want one or two of them on their roster. You may get a guy as an undrafted free agent who, you know, last year would have been drafted in the fifth round. Yeah, or fifth <laughs> round, or would have went in the third. You know, exactly. I, I know, I know. So that's that's something to look forward to. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so corner, defensive tackle. Um, and offensive tackle, and you know they still until they sign Bud Dupree, they need a number three outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Well, I maybe this will, maybe this draft will add another chapter. You have to you have to do a little addendum to your book uh, on the clock, Pittsburgh Steelers behind the scenes with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the NFL draft. Again, if you if you <laughs> haven't checked that one out, you, you have to do so. Uh, the '87 draft that we talked about is this. There's a chapter in there on that. Uh, and everything that they did that year and how they ended up with Rod Woodson is good stuff. Um, but our guest has been Jim Wexel, uh, the author of that book, and you can check out his work. How can I forget, Jim? Steelers Digest, 
uh, 24 seven, all that good stuff that you do on, on those. Uh, and of course, uh, um, you know, you can uh, always uh, check out Jim's podcast as well. Those, all the things that he does, uh, like everybody, we're everywhere. Um, but uh, Jim, we got to let you go here. We're going to take a break. Appreciate your time here. Uh, let uh, people know where, where can they get the book if they want to want to check that out. Well, you can get it on Amazon and get better shipping rates, but at jimwexel.com, and you can get the Paul Amalo biography at half price too. I, I, that's my favorite. But the on the clock book, uh, and I, I autograph those at jimwexel.com. So I, I, I'm, I was fun talking. I mean, I don't know that we provided any clarity on this year's draft. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was fun chopping it up with you guys. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, always a pleasure, Jim, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay, he is uh, Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this.